0: We'll <laughs> Creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Chatting with Sherry welcomes award winning author Julian Cantor. We chatted about books and reading and classics and reimagining classics. Here's Julian. Hi, Julian. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm really happy to have you. Um, it just I looked at your, your information about your book. I'm really excited about it. Um, when did you start writing?
1: Um, I started writing Beautiful Little Fools just before the pandemic. So I had written about the first 50 pages in an outline, and I sold it on that much in February of 2020. Um, and then you know, March came, (laughs) and the pandemic hit, and so I ended up writing most of the book, you know, the rest of the book in, like, March, April, uh, May, and June of 2020.
0: Um, Have you always been a writer?
1: I always loved to read. I was always a big reader, even as a kid, Um, but I've been writing, you know, most of my adult life, so definitely the last 20 years I've been a
0: writer. And what books did you like to read as a kid?
1: I read everything as a kid. Um, <laughs> I remember, you know, Nancy Drew was a, a big favorite. I read um, I read a lot of Stephen King even at a pretty young age. You know, my mom would always um, be reading mysteries and I would take the mysteries off her nightstand, too. Um, I really, I read everything.
0: That's good. Yeah, me too. My parents were pretty open about us reading whatever we wanted. You know, then no restrictions. Um, my first my first books that I remember reading were very little kid books like Heidi and Little Women.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember Nancy Drew very early. You know, I remember going through the whole series, checking it all out of the library, and then, like, I think from there I moved to Adult Mysteries just because I loved, I loved reading mysteries when I was younger.
0: It's funny, I actually had, ne- my mom read Nancy Drew when she was a little girl. But I hadn't really even heard of Nancy Drew until I'm probably a lot older than you. There was a series that was on TV that was called Nancy Drew Mysteries when I was Mm -hmm. a little girl. Uh, Well, I guess more of a teenager. It was was in, like, the early 70s. And that was the first time I ever heard it. It was the first time I ever picked up the book. I was already an Agatha Christie fan when that was (laughs) (laughs) on. So my first mystery was Agatha Christie. Um, Probably... Perot and then Tommy and Tuppence and I fell in love with Tuppence and um, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so you're a big mystery fan.
1: Uh, you know, I do read thrillers still, but I, that was what I what I read. Like I remember reading that all through elementary school. Um, I like you know I like all kinds of books now. Like I read across genres. Historical fiction. I do read mysteries and thrillers. I read rom coms.
0: I read YAs. I, that's, that's me too. I I don't like to restrict myself to one. In fact, I jump from book genre to book genre. When I finish one, I go to another. Um, I don't like get, i get. I read a lot of biographies too. So um, yeah, <laughs> and I I get real passionate about authors like. Um, I read everything about Jane Austen. I read everything about Agatha Christie, you know, stuff like that. I like to read everything I can about them. It's just because how do they create this world? This is so cool. They had a life that's so different. You know, (laughs) my mind goes that way. Do you do things like that, too? I mean, are you a big biography reader?
1: Um. You know, I do. I'm I do for research. You know, for my books, but I don't tend to read a lot of nonfiction unless I'm researching something.
0: Do you? Because um, your book is about um, the Great Gatsby. Do you like the '20s? Is that a period that you're interested in?
1: Um, you know, I I came to the book because I love The Great Gatsby, so Beautiful Little Fools and the reimagining of The Great Gatsby, the world of The Great Gatsby from the point of view of the women. So it was definitely a lot of fun to spend, you know, spend some time in the roaring 20s and kind of think about what that world was, but I was drawn to The Great Gatsby and and that and those characters, you know, more than to the time period when I started.
0: That's interesting. I was actually the other way. I was really interested in the 20s, and I wanted to read everything about the 20s, and I just fell in love with The Great Gatsby, and then I read all of Fitzgerald's books. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I know. I mean, it is a fascinating period, and especially, you know, I didn't realize when I first started the book that I was going to be – living through a pandemic as I was writing it. But when you think about the Roaring Twenties now and you realize that it's because they had just lived through this pandemic and, and World War One and, and that's why there was so much revelry, it, it kind of gave me a new perspective on the Roaring, Roaring Twenties that I didn't have before.
0: Yeah, it wasn't really that much fun. You know, the, it, that's one of the things I was, uh, I was trying to explain to a friend. Um, one of the problems I had with the newest uh, great Gatsby book, I mean great, great Gatsby movie, was that it really concentrated on the glitz and the glamour and the parties and stuff. That's not what the book's about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, really not at all. It's a very sad book, really. <laughs> well,
1: I think it's the contrast between the two, and that's sort of what always fascinates me about Gatsby. You know, it's uh, it's, there's like affairs and murder but there's also this like glamour and recklessness with these
0: people yeah my favorite and this is going to sound strange because there's so many women in the in in the book but my favorite's jordan i love jordan jordan is just the most fascinating character to me
1: (laughs) i love jordan too um and that and that's why i you know I, i wanted to make her one of the point of view characters in my novel
0: she's really cool and um She's like, she she's like Nick in a way. You can see why Nick and her hit it off because she's very intelligent, but she she's separated from all of the um, the party atmosphere, and she's actually just looking at it as a an, as an onlooker. So it's it's interesting that she's one of your points of view because she to me is like the female Nick. Yeah,
1: I mean she she's. She wasn't to me, which is why you see him beautiful little fools. You know, I I felt Jordan had a lot going on beneath the surface that we didn't get to see in The Great Gatsby. So I definitely explored that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is is that there, she a professional woman in that time period, uh, and especially an athlete in the man's world.
1: That, yeah, that's fascinating, right?
0: That is just the coolest part of the whole book, and that a man wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He and he didn't write her as a little piece of fluff. You know, he he wrote her as, this way as a very intelligent woman who's who's good at the sport but very lazy about it because she has other things on her mind and all this other stuff. Um it's it, and it came from man. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa! <laughs> um were you um fascinated by how open Fitzgerald was when creating his female characters
1: you know I actually I felt that we don't get that much of the the women in the original I mean the women the whole plot revolves around the women right like mm-hmm. you know everything that's happening in the book has to do with the women but when you go through the original book they don't speak very much and we don't really ever get a window into how they're thinking or what they're feeling and that's really what I tried to explore in Beautiful Little Fools
0: what makes so, what was the what was the inspiration? How did that come about?
1: I've always loved The Great Gatsby, like I said, you know, and I've always been fascinated by the women, but have wanted to know more about them. Um and Beautiful Little Fool's is kind of reimagined as a murder mystery. I also have a detective character and he finds a diamond hairpin at the scene of Gatsby's murder, and, and he feels certain that one of three women was involved in Gatsby's death. So, mm. it's um, like an exploration of women and their roles at that time, but it also is very much uh, a murder mystery. And, um, you know, I really wrote it because of my own love for The Great Gatsby, and just like my fascination with these women. I wanted to know more about them, so, I wrote the
0: book. Yeah, that's the way you write. That's what, you, uh, people write fan fiction for the same reason. They, you, 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 they One of the things that are really annoying for me when you're watching a TV show, especially today, is that they cut it too early. You, 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 wait, how come it's not, you know, maybe make it two-parter, you know, <laughs> if you, you want more. Um, so I think that I I, I always liked fan fiction as well. I I read everything Um, and that's one of the reasons I started reading it was because I wanted more. Um, Because like I said, they they don't explore it enough. I mean I know they only have like nowadays for uh, our show like 40 minutes if they're lucky. (laughs) Um, But um, now the plot line is the I mean I know it's from the women's point of view but does the plot line take place from the murder is that when it starts or does it start earlier in the book
1: It actually, it starts with the murder, but then it goes back to 1917, and it, the original Great Gatsby is just set over the summer of 1922, but we do learn in the original what the characters were doing, kind of from 1917 on, so my book takes place from 1917 um, through the summer in 1922, where the original book takes place, and then mine goes past that too and ends in 1923.
0: And you said there are three different uh, viewpoints. Who are Obviously Daisy's one.
1: Yeah, Daisy and then Jordan and um, Catherine, who is Myrtle Wilson's sister. And Myrtle has like a chapter or two also. And then I have a a detective who has a few chapters interlaced.
0: That's interesting because I always thought when I was reading the book that Catherine had more to say. Um... She, she she's
1: very briefly in *The Great Gatsby*. I think she has two very short scenes.
0: Yeah, but she gets all Nick gets all the information from her. Not really anybody else. Uh, in that uh, about what's going on with the affair and what what their point of view is of what's going on mm. with the uh, marriage mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, really, yeah. she's a really important character, but she only has two scenes. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that must have been fun to layer that one out.
1: You know, it was it was all really fun. I had um, the most fun writing this book and just thinking about these women and kind of thinking about how the events that we all know in The Great Gatsby might be very different if they were told from a different point of view.
0: And what kind of a person is the detective?
1: The detective is, I mean, he's hes the only one in the book that's not from the original Great Gatsby at all. Um, and I wanted him to really be a contrast to Tom Buchanan and Jay Gatsby, who are not the nicest men. Uh, the detective actually is a very nice guy. He's very concerned about his wife, she's sort of his number one priority, he, you know, she advises him and he listens to her, um, and he he just really wants to do the right thing, and, you know, I, I feel like he was kind of a good contrast to Tom Buchanan, who is nothing like that.
0: Yeah, Tom Buchanan is the nastiest person that anybody's ever written, really, he's like one step <laughs> below Hitler. <laughs> his viewpoints on everything is just yuck. Yeah. I don't like Tom, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the biggest bigot. He's uh, the, he's anti-women, really. He treats his wife like crap. He treats his mistress like crap. I mean, he's just a terrible man. Yeah,
1: so my fictional detective definitely is uh, a contrast to that.
0: Um, is Nick in it?
1: Yes, Nick is in my book. He he has a he has a pretty small role but he's definitely
0: in it. Because he's the only nice guy really in the main characters of the men.
1: <laughs> yeah, he makes a few appearances. But definitely, you know, I I thought that Daisy and Jordan would see him differently than he saw himself. So it's a little bit different, Nick, than we see in the Great
0: Gatsby. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, any kind of clues, or are you afraid to give away plot?
1: <laughs> I mean, I would definitely say to read it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, all the all the characters from the original are in it. The a lot of the scenes from the original make an appearance. You know, um, but they just sort of play out differently because we're seeing them from a different perspective.
0: And you said it starts in 1917, so it's set during the war at the beginning. How did you change the curve between the war and uh, the uh, 20s? Because they were totally – I mean, the 20s is a reaction, as you said, to the war and the Spanish Uh flu. But they're really different time periods. They're different ideals, uh, hopes, dreams, everything. Yeah.
1: so In in the original Great Gatsby, the characters do talk about, you know, what they were doing a little bit. Jordan tells Nick in the original that Daisy and Gatsby met in the summer of 1917, when he was stationed as a soldier at Camp Taylor in Louisville, and they were living in Louisville. Um, So my book opens with that. Um, And then every, every like, place they go, you know, from year to year are things that were mentioned in the original. So we see when Daisy and Tom meet and get married and, you know, when they go on their honeymoon and then they move to France and they move to Chicago. And so, and so all of that plays out in my book, but it was mentioned in the original. Um, the Daisy that we meet in 1917 is definitely very different than the Daisy in 1922. And you, you see some things that happen to her that really changed her life. And so, um, you know, again, I'm not going to give any plot spoilers, but, you definitely kind of see how she progresses from this Daisy in 1917, where she's still a teenager, to, you know, Mrs. Tom Buchanan later on.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, she has to. I mean, there's so much life that she had gone through, and she's married to one of the biggest jerks ever, so she has to change. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is her... Perspective on everything, you know. I mean, not not giving anything away, but where's she coming from?
1: Um, you know, again, I don't really want to give spoilers, so it's hard to answer that. But I will say that I I gave Daisy a younger sister, Rose, um, who was not in the original book, and and I think that really shapes and forms her. Um, but I, you know, I don't want to tell you what happens. <laughs> I'm not going to say anymore, but. You know, Daisy is definitely influenced by her younger sister and what happens to her younger sister.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense. And um So, what, how did you decide to is it did did you decide to make it a murder mystery because he gets killed at the end? Is that is that what inspired you to do it or how did how did the murder mystery part come in, and how was yeah, the detective I mean, the
1: of, Yeah, the end of the Great Gatsby, right? And, and I don't think this is a spoiler, because everyone could have read the Great Gatsby, hopefully. Um, at the end of the Great Gatsby, Jay Gatsby is shot, and um, they just kind of declare that it's a murder-suicide, but they don't really investigate it. And, you know, I just thought that that was, could be open to interpretation, maybe, from someone else's point of view.
0: Yep, yeah, that's true. And actually, they you're supposed to in, investigate every murder. <laughs> it doesn't,
1: you know. Doesn't, well, I, I think they, I think they kind of do a little bit, but they asked Catherine if there was anything going on, um, you know, with her sister and Jay Gatsby, and she just sort of like lies and says no, and that Myrtle, Myrtle wasn't doing anything, and you know, it just felt like maybe there could have been more there to the story.
0: Yeah yeah I know they seem to be more focused on what the 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 gun not the gun- the booze running business and stuff that he was doing i think i don't I don't remember if he did guns. I know he did booze um but that's what they think to in the book they they seem to be more focused on his business and trying to find out who the people in his business were and stuff like that than who killed him.
1: Yeah, I mean that was not the focus in the original for sure, but you know, I, it was just a little spark of an idea that I had and felt like a starting point to me. And I went with
0: it. Let's see. Um, so, what do you recommend to your um, your the people that are going to pick up the book? Should they read The Great Gatsby first before they uh, read your book, or can it stand alone?
1: It can definitely stand alone. You know, you don't have to read The Great Gatsby. You don't have to know anything about The Great Gatsby to read Beautiful Little Fools. But I think if you do read The Great Gatsby, you know, you will um, spot some little things and nods to the original, and and you might get a little bit more out of it. Um, But it does also stand on its own, so you don't have to.
0: Okay. And um, the next question is obvious. Uh, Are you working in another book?
1: I am. Um, it's called The Fiction Writer. It's going to be out in 2023, um, and it's um, a mystery about a writer who gets hired by a handsome billionaire to write um, a story about his grandmother and his connect- her connection to Daphne de Maurier.
0: Oh, wow. Cool. And so this has to do with the uh, great writer and... Is this a um is this a, like a fictional or is there some uh, yeah, it's, it's of a real biography?
1: It has a, a few little um uh historical like true tidbits in it, but the story is completely fictional.
0: And what genre is it?
1: Um, I would say it's sort of um like part mystery, there's a love story in it. Um it's a contemporary novel.
0: Okay, and so uh, this is happening now, that the writer is now, but he's looking or she's looking back on uh, this mystery for this uh, handsome person. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Is it a woman writer?
1: It is, yep.
0: Okay. And um, so it's going to be coming out in the, you said, Twenty twenty three
1: sometime, I'm not sure when yet, like mid to late twenty twenty
0: three. Okay. Now this is gonna be a strange question, but when you were writing your book, uh, the the beautiful little fools, um mm-hmm. and you know, the world shut down. And yeah. it was a very difficult year that year. Mm-hmm. Um did it have an effect on your storyline? Did it change?
1: my storyline didn't change no i actually had the outline done you know before the pandemic and i pretty much stuck to the outline for the most part um i did want to figure out a way to get the um a 1918 flu pandemic in my book because i you know i realized at that point that it had to have affected the characters in some way and so i did spend a lot of time researching it I went down a big rabbit hole and I realized that like there were waves in that pandemic and none of them lined up with the exact months when my book was taking place in those years so um, I did end up I think adding a line or two where Jordan talks about the fact that summer her golf tournaments get delayed because of the flu pandemic but it ended up just having a very minor impact um, and the original outline stood
0: okay I was just curious because I was wondering if it deepened it at all
1: you know, I, I already had like a really good handle on the story before the pandemic. So um, well, what was great was that it was a really hard time and we were sort of all trapped in our houses and, you know, scared and weren't going anywhere. And so it was a really great escape for me to be able to be with these women every day in a completely different time period and sort of inhabit what they were doing. Um, and I think that's that was sort of... You know what the pandemic meant for this book for me.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I did that too. I was, uh, in fact, uh, I wrote a radio play, and um, one of the actors, uh, it, they said, "What happened, Sherry? It's so dark." (laughs) Because my my stuff usually is. I go. I wrote the second half after March.
1: Yeah, I know, I mean it was it was an an interesting time to try to be creating art and writing for sure. I mean, it's still an interesting time to try to be creating yeah. art and writing. So,
0: I mean, yeah, we're going through this what's going on right now in the world. It, that's a whole new book thing that yeah. we could probably get into. Um <laughs> what's going on with Russia and stuff. Um who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, do you do you have um, do you feel like what's happening in real life soaks into your fiction, or do you completely separate it?
1: Um, you know, I think for the most part I separated. I always do think that what I'm feeling emotionally does kind of come through in the characters, just because you know it's um it's hard not to, but. I see writing as an escape a lot of times and reading as an escape. You know, that's why I always love to read. You can go to a different time in a different place than you're sitting in your house, but you can be completely absorbed in the story. And I feel much the same about writing. So writing is, like, often a good way out of some of the stressful things for me.
0: That's true. I agree with that. And it doesn't matter what kind of writing. Now, that's another good thing. What is your advice to somebody who's just starting and may, working on some kind of writing. Uh, what is your advice to these people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I always say first to write what you love and write the book that you want to read and, you know, not try and chase a trend because trends are always changing and by the time you chase one, it'll be a new trend. And so you really have to write for yourself first and foremost and just love love what you're writing and feel passionate about it. Um, And then my very basic advice beyond that is just always butt in chair. You know, the only way you you write a book is just by sitting down and doing it. And I can always find an excuse not to write. I have to also force myself (laughs) to sit down and put the words on the page. You can always revise bad words, but you can't revise no words.
0: That's true um and also you can if you don't like a chapter you can throw it out um
1: that's true too you can always cut but something has to be there first
0: yeah and you have to know where you're going too um I think that's important you have to have it it it, it doesn't have to have an outline but you have to have a vision at least in my opinion
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually don't normally outline. I did outline Beautiful Little Fools, I think, just because I took so much from the original Great Gatsby, like the timeline and, you know, different lines and stuff, and I wanted to make sure I had everything right, so I did do an outline. But in general, I don't outline, but I do agree with you that I I have a general idea of where things are going to end up. I just don't normally know how I'm going to get there, and I sort of write to figure that out.
0: I think that's the fun part. Me personally, that is,
1: that is the fun part.
0: That is the fun part because <laughs> you don't know where you're going, and all, oh, how the heck did I do that? You know,
1: <laughs> it definitely keeps you interesting. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, it keeps you. It gives you a um, a tantalizing thing. I can't remember what writer said, but always leave something tantalizing when before you close down for what you're writing for the night, because you can't wait to get back the next day and start working on it again.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I like to end like in the middle of a chapter or the middle of a thought, just so I sort of know where I'm going to pick up the next day.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's really important to, to that you're excited because if you're excited, then your reader is going to be excited.
1: That's true. And if you're not, that comes across too.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever written something I wasn't excited about writing about. I know that some people that. They call it being professional. Um, that you they they slog through because they have to, they have a date and they have to do it by the date and stuff like that. But I don't know if it's as good as when you're excited about it because mm. you, you can feel the author in it when they're excited, and it's more yeah, just of like sure. a blank page when they're not. I mean, I I because I, I've read whole swaths of different. Authors and you can always tell when the author is just as excited about what they're writing as you are <laughs> reading it. <laughs> I'm a big reader too, so that's one of my. I love to. Yeah. Read. I love reading um, books uh, by different kinds of authors, but I also like to read. If I really like the author, I like to read every book I can get my little fingers on of that author. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're coming to the end, uh, do you have any events coming up, whether online or in person, and can you give your information, like, um, what social media you have, and if you have a, um, a website?
1: Sure, my website is just JillianCantor.com, and I have links to all my social media on there, and my events are all on there as well, so you can kind of check and see what I have coming up. Um... And then, you know, I'm on Instagram probably the most. I'm just at Jillian Cantor on Instagram. Okay.
0: Um, Are you on Twitter or Facebook or any of the others, it's, or is it just Instagram? Yeah,
1: I am. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. I just, I tend to use Instagram more. I gravitate toward that one.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's more, I it's getting to be more fun. Um, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Um, We've come to the end. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day for coming on my show. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Thank you.